Hello and welcome to Early Childhood Ireland's podcast. Our podcast series features interviews and discussions on all issues relating to quality early learning and care with a range of speakers who are leaders in the areas that matter to Early Childhood Ireland members. I'm Maura Corbett and I work with Early Childhood Ireland. You're most welcome to episode four, Podology. In this podcast, we'll talk about one manager's experience of reopening her setting in June. And I'm delighted to be joined by Valerie Gaynor, Manager and Inclusion Coordinator at Creative Kids and Co. in Dublin. Valerie's personal philosophy in relation to her work with children is that all children are unique learners and their right to their uniqueness needs to be upheld by all. As educators and carers, we have to find each child's individual motivators and use these to engage, encourage and empower them to develop a love of lifelong learning which is most effectively achieved through the medium of free play. So, Valerie, you're really welcome to this episode. Thank you, Myra. How are you? Grand, thank you. Okay, Valerie, can you tell us a little bit about Creative Kids and Co, just to uh, set the scene for your setting, please? Sure, yeah. So, Creative Kids um, is, we're based in the Assumption Primary School in Walkinstown in Dublin 12. It's predominantly a working class area. So we are what's known as a wraparound service. Um, we have a breakfast service for school-aged children, uh, three morning ECCE sessions. Um, we have one part-time session for preschool children and we have two afternoon ECCE sessions. We also then have an after-school service. Um, during the summer and midterms, we offer full day for school-aged children. And um, we're a graduate-led service, but all our room leaders, they have qualifications from level eight to nine, and all of our assistants have level six. So our school-age service is also graduate-led um, because, you know, all children deserve high-quality provision, and that's what we believe here. Excellent, excellent. Busy spot, so by the sound of things. It is indeed. <laughs> so uh, since June, Valerie, what have you learned since reopening? Oh, God, uh, we've learned a lot. Um, I suppose, you know, it, yeah, we've learned that like being outside is best. Um, there's less risk. We've noticed that the children are happier because they're outside more. Um, one of the things we really, really noticed was that when we reopened um, on the 29th of June was that the children were just happy to be with each other. And we opened with a mixed age group. Um, so our youngest was just two and a half and our oldest was 11. And we had a pod of 20 children um, from two and a half up to age 11. And they just played with each other outside. And it was just wonderful to watch and observe. And, and through those first few weeks, we learned that, you know, children actually don't need as much as we think they need mm -hmm. as far as resources, toys and equipment is concerned. Um, we, we found that, you know, by providing plenty of opportunities for play, using open-ended materials, natural materials, sand, water, bark, muck, shells, stones, bits of wood, logs. Uh, yeah, they just played with it. And they just, you know, you could see the creativity, you could see the imagination. But most importantly, importantly we could see friendships and relationships for me. 
And that, you know, that, that and Looney launched the Early Childhood Ireland research proceedings from last year, last night at our research symposium. And she made exactly that point that what children missed during the first lockdown, and it's good to remember it as we're heading into lockdown too, was that relationships and connection. Like she said, not the super PowerPoint about the Battle of the Boyne. It was the relationships and the connections. And that's what matters, isn't it? It is each other. You know, it was each other. Um, it was caring for each other. Um, I suppose, you know, one of, one of the, it's amazing, really, what influences children uh, among our school age cohort. You know, they draw rainbows. They make rainbows. And the influence of the rainbow, in, you know, that's been depicted in the media is right in the heart of our setting. I mean, only this week, um, a child came in with a box of, from our from our breakfast service, came in with a box of Cadbury's Heroes and um, and, and a beautiful, a beautiful hand-drawn picture of a rainbow with, um, to all my, to all my frontline heroes at Creative Kids. And it was just, it was just such a beautiful gesture. Lovely. Um, you know, I, I don't know whether we consider ourselves frontline heroes, but, you know, it's just wonderful to see that's how the children are seeing us, you know. So exactly. you know, it was really, really nice. Um, I suppose if we look at other lessons that we've learned, mm. um, our new canopy, we, 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 so we developed our, with the, with the funding that was available from DCYA, which was very, very welcome. Uh, we, we have a small outside area. I consider it small, but we're on a very big, we have a very big land site here in the primary school. So we have a small enclosed outside area that's just ours that only we use. And you know, it was a nice big natural play space. So we looked at that and we had a we had a look to see like what can we do here to make this better. So the funding from DCYA funded a canopy. Now at the time I didn't want to fully enclose the space because I still wanted the space to be outside, outdoors. Um, so we, we put the canopy over half of the space. Um, underneath it, we put patio to make it all wetter. Um, oh, wow, it's just been amazing because even yesterday, like it was raining most of the morning in Dublin and the children are out in all weathers. Um, and they don't need heavy wet gear or heavy rain gear because we've made it all wetter with the patio underneath it. So, you know, it's great. And it's a really smooth transition to, to leave the preschool room to go outside. Um, we also divided it into two spaces and it's, they're pretty decent spaces insofar as that, you know, there are two spaces that will take the 22 children um, independently. And uh, yeah, they're out there for more than half a session every day. We also bought lots of large, big boxes, um, plastic boxes with lids, and we divided all the resources that we had for outdoors into boxes. So each pod has their own box. So this is really helpful because just before the children come in, they get their box, they put all their equipment into the box, the lid goes on the box, it's labelled with their pod, and away it goes. And it's stored outside, you know, they're just stacked up, so there's no issue with storage space. And it, it, it's really helpful. And then the best thing we bought was we bought this um, backpack sprayer for weed killer. And, and it's amazing. It was 20 euro in home base. And it, we fill it up with disinfectant, which was cheapest chips. Um, I think it was three euro for five litre of the disinfectant. And we sprayed the whole area at okay. the end of the session. And it, it just air dries. And it's just an added, it's an added little bit of security there. 
Um, I mean, for the staff as well as for, for the parents to see that, you know, this, this is taking place. So, yeah, and it, it's, it hasn't been as difficult, you know, um, maintaining the cleanliness of the outside. Yes, there's lots of extra cleaning taking place inside, um, but outside is, is quite easy to manage now. So, you know, the more hands stand out there, the better. Excellent. And uh, arrival and departure times, Valerie, how do you manage those and um, so, you know, still having yeah. partnership with parents while um, maintaining to, a degree of distance? We have to do a lot of thinking about it because we have a large attendance. So we have 64 children attending in the mornings and then we have a, ch a changeover and we have 44 children attending in the afternoon sessions. So we had to really, really think about how we can make this manage, how we could manage it. So what we did was we, we were lucky in that we're in a primary school building. So we actually have three entrances that we could use. So we divided the three classrooms among the three entrances and we also staggered the times. So we have one session starts at 10 to 9. We have the second session start at 5 to 9 and we have the third session start at 9 o'clock. Um, and it's worked out really well. So what we do is we, we to go back a little bit, we have a fully open door policy. So every September, we've always had all of the parents in with the children and they were always welcome to stay as long as they wanted to. So, you know, I know last year we had a parent still with us in December because that's what that child needed and we've never had an issue with it. So. It was a big change for us not to have parents coming in with the children. So we had to think about how we were going to manage it. So in August, over a two-week period, I held open days and I invited the parents with their children up in groups of five. And we had the open days outdoors and we have access to a playground in the school, which is separate to our own outdoor space. So we did the open days in the playground so that the children could play they could be with each other and I did it by each part. So the children were at the open day with children who they were going who, who were going to be in their pod. And also then the parents were with parents of the children who were going to be in the pod. So the staff were available and I was available and we were able to answer questions that the parents had during we, we allocated an hour to each session. So it worked out really well because, you know, parents were able to ask us questions. And then I was able to take the parents and their children one at a time, show them the room, show them indoors, show them the, session, the, the toilets, all the little things that are really, really important for children transitioning into a session. So, so I think what it did was it reassured parents. So that was really, really helpful. And at those meetings then, I was able to show parents where their entrance was going to be. And I was able to talk them through how it was going to work. So that was a big thing. So that big preparation, you know, really, really helped. So that on the first day, it was absolutely bedlam. So no matter how, how much preparation you put in, it's crazy. So it was really all hands on deck. And so it was everybody outside managing parents. And it took a few days for us to, you know, to get it right. Um, I actually bought, um, do you know the, the, the barriers that builders use 
you know, if the builders are they're right. digging them out, like orange things, the roadwork barriers. We yeah. bought, we bought those, so we bought two of those, and they've been the best investment ever because we use them for separation. So, for example, if two pods are crossing through the transition halls, we pull out one of these big barriers and they're separated. So the okay. pods are crossing. Um, but key, we use them for parents. We use them to help to basically herd parents into their line and where they should be. And they work really, really well because when parents see the barrier, they will stay behind it. When children see the barrier, they will stay behind it. So they work really well. Mm. Um, it's, so just, it's a visual reminder, I suppose, of distancing it really because is. we all it, kind of forget from time to time. Absolutely. And, you know, we've noticed that the children love the rules of queuing. You know, and, and they're like, Mommy, we need to stay behind this barrier. So it's, it works really well because what happens is we have, you know, we always have the parents who are early. So when our, say, our red room goes home at 10 to 12, their second session starts at 12 o'clock. OK, so our parents for that second session are already here when the when the before the children are going home so that's where the barriers come in very handy because they separate that 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 space so what we do is our children always go home from the garden okay which is a separate entrance um to the front doors so again we're keeping the pods separate you know and you know i suppose it's very difficult to visualize it because we are in a large space and we do have we do have the the different entrances but it's just really to prevent parents gathering really more than anything because of the numbers involved, you know. And um, so that idea of the children spending time inside and then going outside and going home from outside enables the inside to be kind of aired out and cleaned before. It does. It does. So what happens is initially uh, during the settling in period, we did our settling in period outside only. So we did an hour for the first week. And parents were allowed to stay and watch because they could see into the garden without being in the garden. Okay, mm. so that worked really, really well because we were able to, children who were really upset, we were able to give them back to their parents, for their parents to calm them down, to reintroduce them. So it worked out very, very well. So we didn't come indoors until week three. So by the time we were coming indoors, the children knew us. And at that stage, we only had, I think, in total, two children out of 108 who were still upset coming in. So it worked. So we know it worked. So at that stage, then we moved to our plan B. And that's when we decided that every day all our children would go home from the garden. So we come in in the morning and the children will we were, were free play all of the time anyway. So they will just play. And once they have snack, then they go outside. So this could be any time between half 10 and between 10, really, and 11. So they could go outside from 10 past 10 or it could be half 10. It could be 20 to 11 until home time. And that that gives an opportunity for the room to be cleaned. So at that point, one of the staff will stay behind and will clean the room. The room is then ready for the next session. Um, we separated all the resources into pots. So and we've none of the resources in the rooms, So we're very lucky. We have shelving outside of the rooms and all the resources are in boxes on the shelves. Uh, we use a sticker system. So when we wash and clean the toys, we put a sticker over the box. So um, 
So the staff know that, okay, that box of toys is okay to be used. It's been washed, it's cleaned, and we can bring that into the pod. We got the stickers in Recreate, which was great. So we have a couple of thousands of them. They came in these big red, these big yellow rolls. And uh, they're, they're probably the best, another simple system that we've, that we've had um, throughout this. So generally speaking, when the children come in, um, they choose their own resources. So they'll have a look on the shelf and see what they want to play with today, and they'll take them in. And it's working out really well because it's given them control of their learning and what they want to do. Um, they're, they're learning lots about making decisions and, you know, um, and they're kind of like, okay, I made a mistake today. I won't make that mistake tomorrow. You know, I didn't really want to play with the Lego today. So, you know, and I mean, again, the guys are really, the staff are really good at, you know, supporting the children going, okay, well, if you don't want the Lego, that's fine. We're going to put it away and we put it, and, and the children are using words like we put it into quarantine teacher we're going to put the lego into quarantine because we don't want it anymore or you know he put it in his mouth it needs to go into the quarantine box you know so it you know the children are so adaptable and they're, they're really really engaging with it and um, we we haven't removed anything so we still have dress up we still have our soft toy area we still have all of our books we still we have everything and um, because um, what we did was we looked at okay how can we make it work so we have our home corner, we have our construction, we have a book area. As I said, we've our dress up, we've our comfy corner. And what we do is we just swap the items over in between pods. And then, you know, we have our washing machine, we have our dryer, we have our laundry, we have, um, we have everything that we need to launder and wash things every day if we need it, every week. And we have a cleaning schedule that, that works in line with that. And I think, you know, it was about having a can-do attitude as opposed to a can't-do. And yes, yes. that has had a domino effect so that now all of the staff also have a can-do attitude. So they're looking at it from, you know, how can we make it work instead of, oh, we can't do that, you know? So it's, it's yeah. And that's having an impact on the children as well because the children are going, well, we could do it this way or we could do it that way, you know? And we make Play-Doh every day. So we just get rid of it. You know, at the end, each pod makes a new fresh, a set of Play-Doh, a fresh pot of Play-Doh every day. The children are involved in making it because they're the ones that are going to be using it and playing with it. So they're not missing out on that valuable learning and the joy that they get out of making their own Play-Doh and choosing what colour it's going to be today and everything that goes with that, you know. And funny, um, I, I was talking to a preschool inspector a couple of weeks ago and we were in, in one of Brona's other services and, you know, she actually said, you know, make up like a big batch on a Monday. And what you can do then is you can wrap it, you can divide it into five okay. and wrap it in clean film and keep it in the fridge. And I just thought that was a really good idea, you know, yeah. that, um, you know, if, if you're not into actually making it every single day, well, then there, there's, a, there's an alternative. Can I just, um, we're nearly out of time, but can you just say, Warjans, you know, you mentioned about the staff having that can-do attitude, which is great, but, you know, it is an anxious time for, for staff and, um you know, how do you support staff around um, uh, working in this new way? Okay, so, so of course, I'm not the owner of the service Brona is. have to give Brona a mention there. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, so what the decision Brona made was to, to have extra staff in the service. So in each of our pods of 22, there are four staff, which means that the staff 
are self each pod is self-sufficient so they can cover their own breaks um, and they're not under pressure with the children and they're not under pressure for cleaning so they 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 operate as little mini units themselves and then i'm always on hand to support them in anything we anything they need um, we also have two extra staff outside of the two pods and they help with things like getting snack and you know, the laundry, the, the cleaning of the ancillary areas, all of that stuff. So, you know, we, we're a really, really good team with everybody supporting and helping each other. Um, if a staff member, you know, rings in, is not feeling too good, straight away, we're like, don't come in, bring your GP, see how you go. So there's nobody under any pressure to come into work if they're not feeling well. And by the same token, if their children are not well, there's no judgment being cast because it is what it is, Myra. We can't, we can't change this. So we have to actually just go with the flow. And every day is different. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. You know, we've already had to close two pods um, with a positive test. And, you know, yes, it was challenging. We got through it. We reopened the two pods on Monday. Um, the nature of our service is it's high risk. You know, we've because we have a wraparound service, we have staff working across different pods because of school age and preschool age. Um, and, and we can't, that's the model we operate because of, because we're not full daycare. Um, so yeah, it's it's it, it can be challenging, but I mean it's it's really important that myself and Brona are there for the staff and that we support the staff and that they support each other. And I think right. by you know right. keeping that that open communication is really really important. And the door, the office door is open all the time. You know, we talk and walk a lot. Okay, and I think that's really important. And that's a that's a great note to end on. That that you know talking and walking and being there to provide support for for everybody. Um, Valerie, thank you so much for your time today. I've really appreciated it. Uh, I think the ideas you've had to share there around open-ended materials being outside are really valuable ideas for people to hear about how they're, how they're working. So thank you so much for your time and thank you so much to our listeners for tuning in. And we look at that back and, and you just little stick around at Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Forward to having you with us for the next episode. Thanks again. Thanks.